0: Hi, this is Ryan Fraser This is Troy Dene This is Gras Boyet.
1: This is Don Hutchison This is Jürgen Klopp and you're listening to The Big Interview with Graham Hunter Thank you Jürgen I travel to all these interviews from Barcelona and our socios our beloved members keep us on the road This independent podcast would not happen without them Please go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter right now to become a socio to become one of our members and get an extra big interview every month, plus loads of bonus content. So, go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter, p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot forward slash Graham Hunter, and we'll bring you joy. Part two. Part two of what? part two of the big interview with Emil Heskey. I hope you listened to part one, and if you did there'll be questions at the end. If not, it's waiting for you right now. However, for those of you who enjoyed listening to Emil, what a character he is, what a nice man he is too. Here's the remainder of my chat with him. He's been promoting his brand new autobiography called Even Heskey Scored, which is out now, and I'll wager that what you're about to hear We'll revise your opinion of him, even if you love them as a footballer for Birmingham, Liverpool, Leicester, England. The bits about how he handled Anfield and what the Liverpool bubble did to him, well, they're gold. Take us through the characters, because when I started talking about when we, when we went down Leicester Tigers and then... You, you know, you've you've lived through two gigantic eras of Leicester success, one in which you played laterally, post-career, looking at something that people would classify as one of the great football stories. Your era. Pick the ones you want, not maybe the ones I suggest, but I would contend that... like I used to love watching Marshall when he went up front mm-hmm. or... Socks rolled down, looking like Stig of the Dump. He <laughs> was. But, and, <laughs> the, another phenomenon of our big interview will be: we were recently with Matt Janssen, mm-hmm. who had tough, tough luck about what was a promising career being broken by a motorbike accident. But he would talk about Mark Hughes coming to training, having left Everton, and he's, you know, he actually goes into detail about how Mark Hughes was shit in training, absolute rubbish
0: mm-hmm. Saturday. Yeah. Bang on. We had players like that. So, Uh, so, uh, uh, Stevie Claridge. Stevie Claridge, uh, if you watched him on the football pitch Monday, Monday to Friday, I would say, you'd think that he'd never played before. Stevie Claridge used to rock up. We used to come in at 10.30, just be be ready for 10.30 on the pitch. That's what we used to be. Um, The manager changed that to 10.15 in... To be on the pitch on the ten thirty,
1: ready at ten thirty, yeah,
0: because Steve Claridge used to rock up, pull his car right up next to the football pitch, at nine, at uh, ten twenty eight, jump out with his boots and his full, fully kitted, jump on the pitch and uh, go and train, and then after that, jump in his car and then he's off. That was what that was his routine every day. And then um, the manager it that you have to be in there 15 minutes, uh, sometimes half an hour before the training session. Even then, that's
1: not a revolutionary change. No, <laughs> you no. get him rocking up in a car, jumping out and then back in again. Right, well, we're we'll going to introduce 15-minute rule. <laughs> that's yeah. not exactly like, sports science. He, he
0: would, um, the thing with uh, Steve Clow is the actual football part of things, you think, oh, he's never played before. He's, he come The ball come to me, he just he just loved having a joke. Nothing, Nothing was serious with him. He'd be pissing about all the time. Uh, when the ball comes to him he'd be jumping out the way like he doesn't want to touch it you're like what's wrong with him and then he, the running he was great at he'd, he'd be first around there and he'd be, be winning everything and then come the Saturday game amazing
1: But that, OK but that jump is hard for people to understand because mm. most of us who wish we'd had your talent his talent you're like well yeah OK you might break rules about going out at night you might do X and Y but you train to make sure you're in the team and if you're in the team you're happy and you're earning your, <laughs> your bonus or whatever but the correlation, and there are a series of players like this. I've, I've been told about umpteen players who are like, game day,
0: bang. Mm. How do people do that? I don't know. It's a, it's a mentality that you have, um, because I couldn't do that, because I always said that I train the way I play. And, yeah. I, and, I, and I couldn't switch from that. I would always have to chase people down in training. Let's that. say you did a bad week in training. Let's say you had a Claridge week in training. Would it come into the game? Well, it would be in my mind. Be on my mind, um, so I try and make, I try and do certain things in training, make sure I'm on it. But obviously, not every week you are on, on it in, tra- in, in, in training at times. One thing that Martin O'Neill never really did was really, he didn't really look at training and say, "Oh yeah, he's on it this week. I'm going to play him," because he knew what characters brought certain stuff to the game and what they were going to do in the game. He always knew that.
1: See, he's really I, I've met him, spoken to him about this. We've all watched his success. Mm-hmm. He's been a phenomenon. And, and the genealogy, although there's no blood relation, the genealogy is his ideas and his actions are not that different from Clough, mm-hmm. under whom he played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, do, do us the privilege of trying to explain Martin O'Neill as a manager or a or football manager? Because I don't think there's almost anybody left not, like him. No, no, no. Explain for the listener.
0: Martin was a a man-manager. If he liked you and he liked what you did, he'd make you feel like a million, million dollars that you could take on the world. If he didn't like you you probably best to leave the club he always managed to get the best in that era always managed to get the best out of play just giving you the the confidence to go out there and perform telling you if he saw something good in you he would say di- di- go and do this oh you were absolutely fantastic at that oh look at this oh, and next week you'd be like okay yeah i'm gonna run through a brick wall for this man blah blah i'm gonna keep doing that he wouldn't challenge you to do something that you he knows that you can't do I remember giving the ball away to to, to well not giving, giving it to uh, Robbie Savage, and him giving the ball away. Mm-hmm. Um, it might have been a bad pass, I don't know, but he'd given the ball away. And he goes, well, "What's he going to do with the ball?" Well, what he could do, he could turn out and pass. No, you can get it. You can turn. You can just run. No one's going to catch you. And I'm like, "You're right." But <laughs> so he'd give you that confidence, to say, "Okay, yeah, yeah," and that's all. I, that's all he told me to do. he you know, get it, turn and run, shoot. Get it, turn and run, cross. And it was just simplified. Uh, with Gops, for the argument's sake. Gops, I need- Steve Guppy. Yeah, Steve Guppy. Take people on, cross it. You don't need to really beat them, because he was a winger as well. You don't need to beat them, just get that crossing. Make sure you're on the end of it. So it gives you that confidence, and when you're actually doing it, be praising you, praising you. And that just gives you another lift, another boost. And that's all we
1: It's work. a simple Pavlovian thing. You give. People praise or reward them or get...
0: You get... you get. That's <laughs> what you get back. You're not describing something that's ultimately very complicated, so it functioned, but... We never we never coached. Never coached. We'd see him on Tuesday. He'd run us, because mm-hmm. we had Wednesday off. <laughs> and then Friday. And then Saturday, obviously. Would again. Friday
1: for the for the old V Young. And then you'd
0: play. Mm-hmm. And you ripped things up. Yeah. <laughs> you, you won league cups and... Four Wembley appearances in three... Uh, in five years, was it four? Yeah, four Wembley appearances in five years.
1: What was the most significant, or for you, for you, most significant, most enjoyable of those? Because apart from possibly having the most league cups of anybody, you 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 won or played in finals in Old Wembley, mm-hmm. Cardiff, Hillsborough. If I'm not wrong, yes. New Wembley, not
0: new. I played in New Wembley, not not but well, not not, not not final.
1: No, because by the time you were winning with Liverpool, I was. That's why I'm asking, because I can't quite figure.
0: Uh, I went to... With Villa, but was that new or was that old? That was new, yeah. Let's say yeah. So
1: you've played the final old Wembley, new Wembley card of Hillsborough. That ain't bad. Mm. The one that you maybe take the most satisfaction from, the one that you enjoy, the strangest, which which of them to you stands out?
0: (laughs) Middlesbrough, the first one... Um...
1: That's the verb's middle of the Yes, middle, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I keep reminding him about that. Actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, um, we got we got battered that the, oh, yeah. the week the week or so before we got battered by them. I think it was two or three nil or something in the league. Janino um, just absolutely battered us. So again, Martin thought about that. Put Punter's karma on him to to man mark him. Never did anything, and we we drew that game. But that that was my first cup final.
1: You scored, don't you? Yeah.
0: Yeah. That was my first cup final of the 25 period. yards top corner. No. Like, yeah, something cool. like that tapping. Let's <laughs> just say, yeah. It counted, right? Yeah, definitely. it went in the net. Yeah. It's cup final goal. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that one was one to remember that one. But it was a draw and then obviously went to that's when you went to Hillsborough, I think, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Stevie Carris scored.
1: When you got a group of men like that winning a trophy, what is it, a bridge night out or visit oh. to a museum or
0: how, Jesus. how, how do you, <laughs> oh. how do you celebrate i, right? don't, I you know what, i i never got to the party at the end so i was um i would have would been oh, i was 18 <laughs> okay so yeah i um ready to celebrate i would have yeah but it was the thing is i I'm, I'm not a drinker uh, and decided to have a, a a pint of beer with everyone in the in the bar because it was me and Stuart campbell who were the young lads at that time Pat of beer, finished that. Got on the coach, and mind you, we just finished the game, so no one's out, no one's eaten or anything like that. You've sweated, you're drained. Then a bottle of champagne. Everyone brings a bottle of champagne. Yeah, you started drinking the bottle of champagne, and I, I, that's all I can remember. To be honest, I can remember coming off the coach. That was it. Hmm. My dad coming to collect
1: me. He did, he did he? Did he? Did he? Kind of have an inkling that you might you might need a bit of shepherding. Yeah. Good man, dad. <laughs> Good man, dad. Good man, dad. <laughs> I, I don't want to skip quickly away from the times that you scored the goals and you won the trophies, but I do think that, I'd be really interested, that although Liverpool was the, the one you grew up supporting, mm-hmm. Leicester's in your heart, we've established, mm-hmm. how did you live that Ranieri season? And, and as you began to watch, the, did, did your uh, did your football eye tell you soon, not that they're going to be
0: champions, but something interesting is happening here? Definitely said uh, something's interesting happening here. Um, what did I think of Ranieri? I didn't really have too much thought because... Knowing he's a good manager and good tactician, uh, I, I, I didn't know if it was going to work properly. Yeah. I think that's what I'm asking. Yeah, I didn't know if it was going to work properly because at the time, Leicester were just a workhorse team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a few players. you got your Mares and play people like that who can give you a little, little bit special every now and again. But it was, it was mainly like what we were. Workhorse team, get, get, get in and amongst them, get, get Vardy up the top, get, get the balls behind, get him on to back of them and score the goals. So I didn't know how it was going to work. And the good thing about what he did was he didn't change the structure too much straight away. And that's, I think, for, that's how I feel a lot of managers, they fail a little bit. You come in here and you want to change this, change that. Yeah, like, you? did you change it too much? Um, players are, are, are creatures of habit. So try and keep everything structured to a point and just change a little bit every now and again. That's so they don't even notice if you come in and say, "No, I'm changing this." Oh, he's got to play now. He's got to do this. And we had it with Bolton. <laughs> Bolton, a load of. Uh, so the youth, the, the youth development officer, uh, the, the head of the, the youth came and became the manager, and then he started putting all the youth lads in. I get what you're trying to do, mm-hmm. but it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Not straight away. Maybe you put one in at right back. You're not going to put two centre backs and then think that you're going to. You're not going to concede goals. You've got to slowly make that and. And I think that's one of the good things that he did. He just didn't implement too much changes straight away. And I think that just spiralled on. I think Pearson's, uh, if you look at, he, he had a massive thing to do with them winning the league. But no one really wants to say that. But I think that was majority of his team mm-hmm. and the style of play. Mm-hmm. Inevitably, you want a bit of a uh, evolution and they just weren't able to find it.
1: Did, did you go
0: to any of the games? I went. To the it, I, to I was actually. Com- I was actually commentating that. At, so uh, uh, yeah, with uh, we, I think we did the Newcastle game or something like that, and uh, I went to a couple of the games. Yeah, it was good. The, the thing was, you look at you look at that season, and I always said December would be December, January would be the most important time, and it always is with people's seasons because it's the time where you get so many games crammed into one. If it cup comes along, yeah. the pitches are different. You're playing every three days. Yeah. And this, this thing about playing every three days, everyone knows that you don't really recover. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand why they actually have games every three days. But if you want quality. If you want better football. If you want quality.
1: Let the body and the mind recover. Because it's now scientifically
0: proven that you need X many hours. They, f- they did the tests. Everyone's done the tests. So they, they give you all that information. Then tell you, yeah, 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 we need you to play every three days, playing every t- uh, you, you play on Saturday and then you play on, again on, on, on Monday. But you know I'm not recovered.
1: So it's, it's kind of like, um, let's push into limits and, and see who'll come through. Let's admit that there'll be injuries and errors and rather than have...
0: Well, that's why they have bigger squads now. Mm-hmm. So, but the smaller clubs don't have that, 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 that uh, privilege of having bigger squads where you can actually say, OK, well, you will never look gonna play. And then we'll say, okay, um, how do you feel? Okay, you sit up there, and then I'll put him in there.
1: Which is why you knew that that's the that was the first big
0: hurdle that Leicester side had to come through. Yeah, that that Christmas January period, and everyone else faltered, and they kept, they were the strongest. Mm-hmm. The good thing is you had Chelsea really bad that season. The only the only real challenge was Spurs. Mm-hmm. Everyone else had kind of I not I don't know what happened,
1: and possibly they were also proof of your theory that they. Physically floundered in that last four or six weeks. They
0: were, they were doing what they generally do. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, they're they, they nearly there, but they, it's just that, that last little hurdle you've got to get over. And
1: whether it's talent or whatever, they, it becomes it's part it's, of your it's mentality. A, it's, a long,
0: it, it's a long season. You know, they, 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 they play so many games. I remember the season I played uh, with, with Liverpool, I think it was 60 something games we played. I think I played 61 or 59 mm. games in mm. one season. Mm. I remember, I think we played Saturday, something like Saturday, Tuesday, Friday, Sunday, or Thursday, so it was like four or five games in one week. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom.
1: You were asked to change a little bit because you mentioned Vardy and I'm I'm really interested from a personal point of view, Mm -hmm. speculation now. You know, he he quite likes, he likes very much the ball over the top Mm -hmm. into a channel. If his Leicester could catch the other team, giving the ball away in a certain position, you send him away. He's at his happiest. He's most likely to score not simply because he's breaking and the number of people he's against has gone down. Mentally, that's when he's at his mm-hmm. happiest. He's now going to play in a Brendan Rodgers team, which is playing a different brand of football, where he's going to be supplied from higher up the pitch. Let's say whether it's Madison, whoever, but positionally they're going to be different. They're probably going to play less on the break. They want to dominate the ball. He's going to be increasingly asked, mm-hmm. has been since February when Rodgers took over, to play differently. Mm-hmm. You, you had to adapt, didn't you, from what had made you successful at Leicester... You had to show. Different. I don't know. At Liverpool, you had to. <laughs> well, positionally, we were, it was different. We, you were giving we the had, ball
0: differently. Well, we had. We went from uh, no disrespect to Leicester. We went from a more of a counter-attacking team, um, holding the ball up and chasing the channels, and uh, to actually having more of the ball. We uh, we probably had thirty thirty percent of the ball at Leicester to sixty percent of the ball at Liverpool. How do you break someone down? We went from, we went from having two banks of four yeah. at Leicester, and then, and then us two working up there. Us two Sit, being you and... Whoever it is. And sitting back and, and soaking up pressure then hitting on the break. Um, and then uh, two, basically, the other way around, where mm. people are sitting in front of you and you've got to try and create space. You've got to have plenty of movement. Were you mentally prepared for that before you moved? Were you like, <laughs> I know this is going to be completely well, I, different? Well, I, I, I was lucky I played with the national team. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> different ty- different style of football. And then I was, my football brain was
1: engaged. It was good. Yeah,
0: it was good. It was good. I, I could l- pick up on certain things fairly quickly, and I could learn it and adapt quite quickly. Um, and I adapted fairly quickly for that for that change that we had.
1: So there was an emotional thing about going to Liverpool. Listen, it's a bigger club. You Mm. probably felt you had even more chance of winning trophies, which proved to be true. Yeah, of course. Uh, The John Barnes thing. Mm -hmm. In your youth, Liverpool had been, you know, a club that you'd supported. It. You you probably look at it as being a brilliant move for you in terms Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. just about everything. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, it was the right move. I, I um, had options. Villa. Doug Ellis was onto me through uh, Peter Taylor. Um, to to come and even just have a discussion. But once I knew Liverpool were involved, it was a case of, well, what's the point in speaking to anyone else? It was just, yeah, I think Spurs were interested, but I don't know if there was any real interest. I think they were just sniffing around.
1: And one of the characters that has, again, featured in our series that I like very much, indeed, I want to pick on, is the arrival of Gary McAllister. Mm -hmm. is a big positive for you in every way. Carracher was in this as well, and he went that, About six weeks before they signed um, Gary, Leah was briefing the team saying, "I think must be playing Coventry, maybe." Mm -hmm. McAllister's finished slowest playing team. Get on him. And then (laughs) six weeks later, it's like
0: we signed Gary
1: McAllister.
0: (laughs) But I I think you can understand. I don't understand why this. That's just a mental thing for us. Explain, Gary. Gary was just a a great individual to be around. Um, You say that his legs had gone; it hadn't. They hadn't. Maybe maybe sharpness to get there for 10 yards, but you, you, up and down, you could. You, 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 he was bit, as good as anyone else. And his football brain was amazing. And So having him around as a senior figure, because you got to remember, I went from being at Leicester mm-hmm. with all senior figures. So they would look after you, tell you, oh, yeah, well done, blah, blah, this and that, take you under your wing, as in on the football pitch. So going from there and then going to Liverpool where you hadn't... Uh, we've got Sammy Pierre and players like that, but we haven't really got a senior... Senior, figure. we had a lot of younger lads, so um, going to there and having him there was amazing. You know, he was just great, just a uh, uh, wonderful.
1: People underestimate what a fantastic passer of the oh, ball he was. Yeah, in the even Hesky scored book, you talk about service from Beckham and yeah. service from Guppy, mm-hmm.
0: service from Scholes. But
1: Gary's in that at oh, least yeah. in that class.
0: There's, there's a lot of them are in that class as well, but not, not a lot of people don't talk about. There's so many players. I, I, you remember know, I played with Gary Parker.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I know the regard you've got. <laughs> I've watched him play. Also, I'm at Villa. Yeah,
0: that at? I wasn't at Villa with him.
1: No, but he, was, but... he played at Villa. Yeah, yeah. And you yeah. could see his class. And I think Martin kept Gary as part of his coaching team. but if you if you want to explain to people who because not everybody was of the age to have seen. No, Gary No, no, no.
0: Gary McAllister yeah. or,
1: or, or, or Parks yeah. too. You, 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 you said there's a lot of
0: them. Yeah.
1: You made a big statement though, about Gary Parker that he's in that company yeah, that I was mentioning.
0: Yeah. yeah, he is, 100% he is. And uh, you look at Macca. Um, these are players, and it's funny because I even spoke about it later on in, in the book when I moved from Liverpool to, to Birmingham. That was a tough transition because I'm so used to them players. Then you go to uh, a different calibre of players, still a professional player, still a good player, but they don't see a pass. They don't see that pass. They, don't, they can't make that pass. Is that brutally frustrating? Very, but you adapt very quickly. I'm, I, like I said, I, I can adapt. So I had to adapt very quickly. I'm used to getting a little eye contact with uh, Stevie G and spinning and going and him going, playing it. Scholes. Um, Danny Murphy. Players like that, you know, the, the ability to actually find a path. Find a path. Then, then having no disrespect to them at Birmingham, but then having them just going side to side, keeping it simple, going backwards and then it going longer, mm-hmm. and then playing from there. Would you have
1: intervened at that stage and said to some of the Birmingham players,
0: do this, think about this? Can, can they do it? <laughs> That's the thing. So I just left them to do and let me adapt around it. Um, because uh, if you get to 26, 27, 28, and you're not doing it then...
1: It isn't there? No. You explain in the book mm-hmm. that you're, you, when you began to experience coming back to Liverpool, that you were a little bit overcome by yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: flipping it they actually appreciate okay. and love me there
0: it's, the thing is when you're in an environment and per se and you you, you don't really know what you got there you're only you, the thing is i would say is keep away from newspapers because mm-hmm. they will give you a false sorry about that image on yeah. on certain things get to know your fans because I, I it's now i get to understand how much they love me but it it didn't. It you weren't did, aware. I wasn't aware. I did feel like that, but I wasn't fully aware or fully grasped grasp of how much. It's
1: a great adulation, and it can be dangerous for people's egos. But it's a fabulous feeling. Or, or I imagine it's a great feeling to be appreciated by a bank of men yeah. and women who are singing about you. Must- yeah, yeah,
0: hundred uh, percent. And even now, I walk, Even now, when I go around Liverpool, and that. Like, oh yeah, great. Thank you for what you didn't. Like. Oh, yeah, that's fine. But I didn't realise how much it was appreciated me, what I did.
1: It's nice to get in people's hearts. Oh, yeah. It's still in the book, and and maybe you can explain it before we finish on something about the title. Mm -hmm. In essence, I didn't want to leave Liverpool, but I needed to leave them. If I'd stayed, I don't know if I'd been the same person. Mm -hmm. I was scrutinised for the clothes I wear, what I did, how my hair and stubble was, whether I had an earring or not on yeah. it goes, you, you actually say um, that if you'd stayed at Liverpool, life would have been drained for me from the pressure, my mood would have been different mm-hmm. it affected my lifestyle, my health everything, the way I can begin to think about understanding that is I'm I, I, lucky to live through a really successful year at Barcelona, I'm the to sit live in, I watched Xavi and, and Puyol and whoever and he has to, it. and when I meet them to interview them now, one of them's tucked away in Oporto, one of them is in Qatar. Carlos Puyol has been out and basically doesn't answer his phone, Vanishes, disappeared. And they all say, we desperately needed the pressure to go away. We, we took it and won and coped with it until we were 35, 36. And now it'll take about two, three, four years to depressurize. Is that akin to what you're talking about, the needing <laughs> to get out of that... Magnifying glass, I think,
0: Anfield. I think, I think, yeah, I think when I went to Liverpool, I'd, I think I was sponsored by someone. I can't remember. I, I think it might have been nice, uh, Excuse me if it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Apologise. It's done. Anyway, Fine. I was I was sponsored by someone, and, I, and uh, you got to remember, I was twenty two. Not long. I'd not left Leicester. Leicester is where I'm from. Grow up. That's where all my people are. Everything. I come up to this place. I'd know nothing about moving clubs. No one had told me that. When you go to, when you actually go and you're presented as a new player, you should wear in a suit and a tie and this. And that. I think
1: I can help you here. Did you turn up in Puma? Again?
0: Oh, there you go. There you go. There Teamwork, you see. There you go. So, oh, sorry, Puma. No. <laughs> <laughs> We've done it. Well, they get an extra mention. There now. you go. So I've turned up with that. I'm sponsored by them. So I've turned up in that and it was a big hoo-ha about where, why is he not wearing a suit? Why is not like, okay, P-t-o. fair enough. Good deal. Well, oh, look at his hearing. Why is he? <laughs> but so it, then that just goes on. If you're not doing so well, it just amplifies. So the, at the time, I still had a year left at Liverpool, and I wasn't ready to leave. Really, came to me. I think Rick Parry came to me and said uh, they brought Cisse. Um, they've accepted a deal from um, Birmingham. Go and talk to him. I said, I like, really want to go. Mm. I, 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 I was speaking to my agent, and I, I didn't really want to go. I'd fight for my place. But they, they said, no, they're, they're gonna, he's going to play. You're not going to play. OK, that's fine. I'll go and have a look at what Bernie was like. Went met with Steve Bruce. Um, it was back in the Midlands. Um, so I took it up. But it was a good thing because it allowed me to just come out of that cauldron, that pressure cooker, into something that was a little bit less... Uh, the, it was still pressure because it's football you want to win games but it's nowhere near what that is that is tough you've got to be you've got to be mentally physically and mentally uh, uh, ready for that because it will drain you.
1: and now as if by magic it's time for the Bet365 question our sponsors at the world's favourite online betting company wanted to know more about one game in particular, England's famous 5-1 victory over Germany in Munich's Olympic Stadium in 2001, during which Emil scored his country's fifth goal. We must let you go, but we must finish on the reason for the title of the book, because anybody who watched England going to Germany, England is such a psychosis about Germany. <laughs> Whatever Lineker's expression about 90 minutes, 11 men, then Germany win, blah, blah, blah... When
0: Old Wembley was closed by Diddy scoring that. And that was the pressure we are going into the game with. Then you end up 1-0 down. Should have been 2-0 down. That is tough.
1: But none of you looked as if you were thinking, oh, well, here we go again. <laughs> no, no, no. And that, even as a Scot, that was a beautiful football performance.
0: Yeah, we, we had some good players. We, 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 we At times, we gelled so well. And it just looked everything just clicked and everyone knew. It's brilliant!
1: Your eyes are shining now looking yeah. back at it. You're mentally in that nah, back it, in the you, Olympic you, Stadium.
0: You, you know everything just gels. Everything just clicks. When you got you, you look at this, look at our defensive pair of uh, Rio and Sol. Can you name me two better? It's
1: elite, isn't it? Yeah. Complementary, smart, athletic, footballing. We've been taught over this series. Don't know Sol. Don't know people talking about more. People, particularly Manchester United colleagues, have said. You need to understand differently about Rio's competitiveness, about his leadership qualities, <laughs> you know. Uh, Vida got the, the armband, I think, at, at United, and everybody who's talked to us in this series about that said, probably should have been Rio. So leader, elegant, tall, athletic.
0: Yeah. It's a brilliant pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A Brilliant pick. Well, and in front of them? Uh, we had uh, Skulls, I think it was it Skulls and Stevie G, Bex mm. and Nicky Barmby. Right. We had the best left-back in of an era. Uh, Ashley
1: I still, It probably still is Different class But phenomenal footballer Phenomenal yeah. athlete
0: And then myself And
1: Michael up front Which was a proper partnership Do you remember the build up Do you remember thinking We'll win here Do you remember When it's nearly nil <laughs> Maybe speaking personally
0: Or what no, The leaders you know, in the team I, say I always I always went into games Just It's another game Can they stop me Nice <laughs> Nice. (laughs) I always went into games like that. And and, and I think that went off uh, a bit off Martin O'Neill because we never really focused. It wasn't until I went to Liverpool that we really focused on opposition. England as well, obviously. But when I was at Leicester, we never really focused on opposition as such. It's only that time when we went to the, to the League Cup final when we got battered before. You thought, OK, let me put him on. In the and then everyone else can do what they're doing. Um, but, so I never really focused on that sort of stuff. And, um, but a bit, obviously there's a big hoo-ha when it comes to playing Germany all the time. We lost the last game at the, at the old uh, Wembley, which is a massive, a huge thing. Then you go into their backyard and you're, you're 1-0 down. We, we we had the characters, we had the we had the leaders, and everyone led by example as well. We didn't just have one uh, whoever. Uh, obviously, Bex was the captain, but we didn't, it wasn't just Bex who, who was leading. We had we had eleven on there, eleven leaders on that pitch, and that was the good thing about about England at that time. Especially like now, you're you're always waiting for someone else to do something. When I when I watch England, I'm always waiting for someone else to do something. I'm always looking. Oh, why didn't he go? Take that by, 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 by his, the ball by its horns. Oh, he's waiting for him to do something. Then he's waiting for him to do something. Someone's got to do something. And in that team, we always had someone to do. Even, like you're saying, Ashley, I always say Ashley Cole is the best, best left-back of that era.
1: And, listen, we, maybe we need a second interview, but again, this bugs me the way that he was written about, he mm-hmm. was treated, mm-hmm. and it's been transferred to Raheem now. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. It's reached a stage where you know, it's intolerable.
0: It's not even down to what people wear. What's it got to do with anyone? What are
1: wearing now? It doesn't, it doesn't bother me. Yeah, I know the rubbish. I know I that rubbish. You can, listen, <laughs> you're allowed to say it, mate. It's okay. It doesn't
0: bother me. It's, your,
1: it's <laughs> <so> I <can't laughs> it. If I want to dress like this, it's okay. I know, I know. I, I have no explanation, about, unless we come back to the theme that we began upon, that yeah, inherently yeah. it's about, well, let's just... Pick on the guy who's different from... Different, us. and I think, that, I, think
0: like. that, I think that's the... the, the, the
1: yeah. Do you feel that similar about how Ashley was treated?
0: I think so, yeah. Um, I just think uh, you look at... This is another episode, really, but if you look at the trophies he's won, but he's never been given the accolades that others who, who, have, uh, who have probably not as, won as much as him. I tell you, I... And I, you're saying I, it's, it, they're saying it's for achievements within sports. Uh-huh. He's won he's one more than anyone else.
1: Well, I, I, I remember meeting him down at Chelsea's training and interviewing him one day. And it was in one of those sort of inflatable training ground things yeah, where yeah, you... Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: But when it rains, it, it drums and yeah. you can't interview. So we, we sat there, thank the Lord, talking on our own. Mm-hmm. Him and Torres for about half an hour because we can't do the TV interview. Brilliant, yeah. Because one, one of the things, the few things we've got to complain about is that like, we need to meet you guys. So that the first time that we talk isn't doing this or mm-hmm. after a game or looking for a headline, I mean, oh, this has been nice. I, I like you. Or, or, OK, you're not too bad. And Ashley was eloquent, articulate, interesting, funny. It was just a joy. And I'm like, well, you're nothing like you're portrayed. Nothing. And then you look at his football achievements and the way that he changed Chelsea, kept himself fit. And did, all that happened was one person once said, He's greedy and therefore it just mushes like that. What, what out is, of order. What, what is greed? Of? It, was, it was an unjustifiable criticism. <laughs> it, it Maybe the, the incident about of swerving all, off the thing.
0: We, we all have. Written. We all have. Uh, we're all in a job. Now, if, if someone else dangles a carrot of a bigger job, who's going to. What, what are we what, all going to What gonna would do? each of
1: us do? <laughs> Largely, we would do what each footballer each, each We're agent employees,
0: does. that's what they are, so they're going to go to the
1: I hope that people are convinced that they should go out and find and buy, even Heskey scored. <laughs> I'm also pretty convinced that it should have said, Emil Heskey, just give me the ball.
0: Yeah, that or might be the back
1: page. <laughs> Emil Heskey, can you cope with me? <laughs> You've coped with us brilliantly. Thank You've been you generous much. with your time. It's been a joy. Thank no, you very thank much you. indeed. Thank you. Thank you for having Emil me. Emil Legend. Thank you.